Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ugh, look, it's not your team, it's you. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of It's Not Your Team, It's You here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And I'm tired, Haley. I'm tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been such a long season. We're not even halfway through. And I'm exhausted. My Longhorns are wearing me out. We have so much to get into with that. And they didn't uh, even play this weekend. They didn't even even play this weekend. (laughs) And I'm just, there's so much going on. Still making headlines, though. Still making headlines. All the wrong headlines. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, This was a wacky week in college football, but we're glad you guys are with us. Uh, You know, this show is available on all of your favorite platforms at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. You guys know by now you can listen on... uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and you can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, we appreciate those of you that do. And of course, you can always send us your voicemails and texts uh, at 404-919-2137 or hit us up via email, nytpod uh, at gmail.com to get in touch with Haley and myself. I look like an old man by the sea, salty and briny and filled with regret and rust. And that's basically wow. how I feel. And I'm, I'm, you know, for whatever reason, I felt like wearing my favorite sweater that has like a big old hole in it. Uh, but it's meanwhile, Ag- it's Aggie colors. And you I know I was going to say, same. meanwhile, I am wearing repping my Aggies, this new lovely gear from the Tamu equipment team. So I got to I got to rep them, you know, you I mean, know. Aggies looking good. It's smart to rep a team that is playing well, like you just said, like it must be nice to actually win games you're supposed to win. I don't know what that that feels like. We Tell got out of that. we got out of the the Mississippi state trap game, but we've got another one on the horizon. So, you know, stay tuned. I'm still very high on my Aggies. I'm still standing by that. They will win out, but we got to get through this week. Just, I'm just taking a week at a time. People one week at a time. It's all we can ask for. You know what? You sound like Dabo Sweeney, but that's right. It's just, it's one game at a time. We're just looking to go one and oh, that's what, yep. the, that's what winners say. Um, winners win. Winners win. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of teams from the state of Georgia they ain't doing a lot of winning right now. Um, and if yeah, you, you I heard look, that the word Atlanta in Latin means choke. It, it it must be because let's let's see if we can keep count. Falcons blew their lead earlier this year to Dallas in an unbelievable fashion. Yep. Uh, Georgia had a halftime lead against Alabama this past week, and how did that go, Haley? Not great for Georgia. Did not. And weren't the Braves up against the Rays? They at, no, come on now. Up against the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Sorry. Against the forced, Dodgers. Dodgers forced a game seven while they had – it was up three to two heading into game six. Dodgers won out the last two games to go to the World Series, and another Georgia team bites the dust. That's right. So if you know that, bet accordingly, and that's why you should yep. go to betonline.ag today. From game spreads, totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino guys open 24-7. And if you know Georgia teams get up early in a half of a game (laughs) or a series, bet that, but then bet them to lose because you know that they absolutely will because that's what's happening right now. But Georgia's going to Georgia. I will say, though, shout out to the Atlanta Falcons um, social media team for really capitalizing on that Monday night football game when the Cardinals took a 28-3 lead over the Cowboys. They cleverly tweeted, Yes, we know the score. No need to add us. 
really it's, got a good chuckle out of that one. I mean, self-deprecating. That's how you have to be in that. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just going to eat away at your soul forever. Yep. Uh, so guys, go to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. So as of today, Miss Graves, we are finally to the week where the rest of the pack is going to be joining the college football world. Um, correct we me are. if I'm wrong. We have Big Ten action coming this weekend, and we yep. have the MAC getting back into the fold this Mac-tion. week. Maction. Maction. And I believe you told me that the MAC is actually going to be starting gameplay during the week, regular nine yes. to five hours. So from November 4th through November 19th, you can catch all of the Maction action on weekdays, people. So that means we're getting football a lot of nights, probably one of the best things to happen to 2020. I don't know how you feel about the Maxion, but hey, it's football people. And yeah, then they're going to go to playing on Saturdays, I want to say the last week of November through the remainder of their season until December 18th. So we got some weeknight Maxion coming up. I'll take Buffalo, Kent State. I don't give a fuck. It's, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to watch football. This, this, this year is awful. This existence, yep. this life, not a great one for everybody. I'm going to take what I can get on a Tuesday or Wednesday, which are trash days right. anyways. Give me right. some football. Yeah, I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter. Let's do this thing. Um, Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited for the Big Ten to be back. Um, I, I know that we, you and I have a love-hate with them. Uh, love these players. Love the teams that are coming back into the fold. Not happy with the commissioner. Not happy, happy with the conference itself and the way that they decided to get to this point. But you know what? We're here, and we're going to get to see something. Unfortunately, some of those – uh, yeah. Disclaimer, like I told everyone, and I'm reminding everyone, get me past Ohio State, Penn State, and we can talk Big Ten. I am still out on all of this. I think you will all make it to week one, but then things are really going to start to get dicey. And, you know, I looked it up today. You've got teams like SMU that are likely about to have a full 12-game season, and Ohio State, you might get six. So... It's going to be a great point of contention for a lot of teams that have played a full schedule, which is going to be most of the Power Five and Group Five compared to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, who will only right. be there to give the conference a seven-game resume, which just yep. might not be enough. Um, this is also, my hill, yeah. and I will die on it. I think it's, a, it's an appropriate hill to <laughs> die on because I kind of want to see it there, too. I think most football fans do, and even Big Ten fans have to kind of admit – that that is fair. It's not fair to these players. It's not fair to these coaches, these programs, but it's fair for everybody else who jumped in and decided to do it, that put in a plan and stood by it and uh, put a good product out on the field. That's seems like, yeah. Yeah. I want everyone to know I'm not rooting for the big 10 to fail. I'm just keeping you all very realistic about the situation that you're in. That's right, because COVID cases continue to rise, unfortunately, across yep, the especially nation. Especially in the Midwest, yes. people, um, which is like Big Ten land. It's, uh, it's scary, I'm not poking fun by this number at all, but, you know, Iowa is up to almost a 50% infection rate in the state, which is terrifying. Um, right. And as those cases continue, more people are going to be susceptible to it, like Jeff Brom, head coach at Purdue, who unfortunately caught COVID won't be able to coach his uh, opener. And you just don't know how this is going to affect the conference as a whole. I mean, we do. And like you said, we're not wishing for it, but we all have a good idea. We've kind of seen what's going on. Uh, looking at you, Baylor, have you, right. who's, who's had right. a positive person on campus since week one. It's going to be right. interesting. Uh, and other news. With that being said, yeah. though, wear your damn mask. Thank you. It's not Thank that you. hard. Same wear thing. it, people. If you want football, wear the mask. 
football players have to wear a helmet, think of yourself like a football player and wear your mask. Just do it. You know, I, I hope he's okay. And I think he's going to be, but it is one of those things with karma and just, um, and I, I don't mean karma in necessarily a bad way, but it's more like you need to be careful what you wish for. Uh, Cause as we get into this kind of uh, this conversation about COVID and how it's affected college football, when you have Dan Mullen saying he wants the swamp filled with 90,000 people and he wants that energy and then you get COVID there's a reason why those two things should not exist right now, Dan. You need to be a little bit more aware and kind of read the room. Like, you should not be asking for packed rooms anywhere, let alone 90,000 people. Nine people in a room kind of terrifies me. Right. So right. Uh, it's, we'll see how the Big Ten works out. Uh, in the meantime, you're getting a double dose of action from us because we're going to do today's show talking about last week. And then tomorrow, we're going to record a show to do our own Big Ten preview for the Big yes, Ten action are. that is coming up this weekend and give you all the information, our thoughts, predictions, stuff like that. Um, but from this last weekend, uh, Miss Graves, we got to get into some awards. And really, we have a good idea now, the scope of where this thing is heading when it comes to which teams are going to be in the playoffs. And they are two teams in particular that we think we're pretty confident on. That is Clemson <laughs> and that is Alabama. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, this week, just because of the quality of opponent that they played, I'm just going to give my Remember the Titans team award, which again goes out to the team that played the best and most complete game at all three phases. And that is going to Alabama. I mean, they did not skip a beat against this Georgia team. They did not. I know they were um, down at halftime, but they came back roaring in the second half and they the thing about Alabama is every mistake you make and I said this a couple weeks ago with A&M they make you feel it it's not just like you can't just make a casual you know stumping your toe against Alabama because they will break it off that's basically what you're dealing with and that's what happened with Georgia this week Georgia also forgot how to play defense and again Alabama let them feel it yeah, it was like a tale of two halves, basically, uh, with what you talked about, is that they capitalize on turnovers. Because I texted you during that game. I'm like, Haley, I love the mailman. He's awesome. And what did I tell you? Well, you I told said, the me mailman after- <laughs> ain't it. That's well, what the- I said. The mailman ain't it. And you know what? I'm sorry. Stetson Bennett, you ain't it. It You're sucks. Just not. Yeah. He, well, he showed up. Uh, he showed us why he kind of was a four-string walk-on quarterback from uh, JUCO college. Like that was the Stetson Bennett that we kind of expected. Right. Because in the first half, he was pretty good. I mean, he managed the game, took Georgia into a halftime lead, threw two touchdowns. The game was really. It started really weird. Uh, automatically a pick from Mac Jones, and then automatically right. a pick from Stetson Bennett. So it was kind of a wash. But then in the second half, Haley, he went six of twenty for 104 yeah. yards and two interceptions. And that just taught me what, like you talked about, Bama, nobody's better than Nick Saban and that coaching staff and making second half adjustments and attacking. Yeah. And they showed the real Bennett in the second half. So like you and I had talked about, not being too high on Georgia earlier this year, not because of the defense, which we know is still really good. And that right. just went up against a high powered Alabama offense. Is that, do you have enough on the offensive side of the ball at that quarterback position to take you to the next step? You couldn't do it. Uh, with Jake, Fromm, I just you're not overall do it with like Stetson Bennett. Like, what is it going right. to be? I mean, I've been saying this. Like, there's no one that are really head turners on Georgia's offense. There's no one that makes you really stop in your tracks and want to pay attention to that offense right now. It's just not. 
ultimately you watch Georgia to watch the product that their defense puts on the field. Because let's be honest, across the board, there's not much defense being played in college football. And Alabama, I mean, Alabama's offense is just unbelievable. We've talked about their, you know, uh, their just skill core that they have around. And it's, even this week, it was just unbelievable. Like Georgia's defense in the past three weeks allowed 710 total yards of offense. This week, Bama had 564 yards of offense. So that in itself just tells you, I don't know what it was about Georgia's defense. I don't know if it's this mental block that Kirby Smart has and he just can't get over the hump of facing Nick Saban or what it was. But, I mean, when you have guys like Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, all of them putting up over 150 yards in a game, like that's just not even fair. Well, I think it's – I mean, I mean – Nick Saban is now 22-0 and 0 against his former assistants. I don't yeah. know if it's so much a Kirby Smart thing is that you, you just need more to knock the king off the uh, top right. of the castle. And Georgia's offense for years now has been predicated on a strong running attack. Going back to DeAndre Swift and yep. those amazing running backs with Chubb Todd and Gurley. And it's mm-hmm. predicated on that. And when that gets shut down like it did against Alabama, you need a quarterback and you need some talented wideouts to take you – uh, to the red zone, and that just doesn't happen for Georgia. You're not going to get it done with Stetson Bennett. You didn't get it done with Jake Fromm. It's just not a thing that's happened for Georgia. So what is the ceiling for this team? Because if we're talking about a quarterback change, let's say we throw in JT Daniels, uh, yeah. who's been out with a, an ACL injury, and he's, he comes back. Is it really going to make that big of a jump offensively for Georgia to say, hey, when we get a rematch in the SEC championship game, we could beat Bama this time? I just don't I don't I don't think it is either because I just don't think that JT Daniels is that dude. I don't think he is either. I mean, no. Like at least at least really with good, but like right. He, but you have to be next level to contend. Right, and at least like at least with guys like Jake Fromm and even you know like you saw a couple of years ago in Baker Mayfield, like they just had this fire and this spunk. But I've never seen that out of JT Daniels in any college career that he's played in. Just haven't seen that. So. Maybe he brings that to Georgia. I don't know. Maybe Georgia brings that out in him. But right now, I am no more impressed with the Georgia team, no matter who's taking the ball under center. Well, it's got to be just so demoralizing for Georgia fans because you had a lead against Alabama in 17. You had it in 18. And then this year, again, even though this the, that first half, you kind of felt like Alabama was going to eventually take it over. Right. You've, you've been there and put yourself in the fight. So as a Georgia fan – what is it? What are you putting your hopes on? Because it's going to be the right. same old story. And what I do think this is for everybody else, a very interesting time because a door is open that hasn't really been there before right. for your Aggies, for some yeah. other teams at the SEC that could potentially make their way in. Now, obviously, A&M right. is not going to make it to the SEC championship game if Alabama wins out, but a team like an A&M could backdoor their way into the playoffs by saying yeah. my wall, my lone loss was literally the same way that Alabama, Really the same way Alabama made their way in this past year. Yes. So I I think it leaves uh, interesting possibilities for other teams. If you're a Georgia fan, I don't know, follow that account. Follow the Falcons account. Have a laugh. It's not going to end the way you want (laughs) it to this year. It's going to be much of the same. I think you just focus again on just winning the SEC East, taking that title, and maybe you get lucky. Going to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's it. Um, I will say, though, also speaking of this same game, um, on the – other side, other sideline, uh, Mac Jones put up a great performance, which kind of leads me into my Mr. Unlimited award for the week. Um, Mac Jones is not receiving the award, but 
he is getting honorable mention, as is Trevor Lawrence, because both of them, this is ironic, their stat lines were near identical people. They both were 24 of 32. Yes, to a T, 24 of 32. Uh, Mac Jones actually threw 17 yards more than Oh, no, that's bad math. He threw for 417 yards. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence threw for 404 yards. You can do that. I think that's 13. 13 yards more, whatever, people. And a touchdown less. They both tossed up one interception. So the fact that Trevor Lawrence did that against a Georgia Tech team versus Mac Jones doing that against Georgia, we mentioned Georgia's defense didn't really show up. Take it for what it is, but it's just very interesting, especially as we start with Heisman conversations, to look at those two and really start to compare them. Um, but with that being said, my Mr. Unlimited award goes out to Dax Milne of BYU. I don't know how many of you caught that game late this weekend, but BYU took over Houston, and this was their wide receiver who went off in the second half. Nine receptions, 184 yards, and three touchdowns. He was the best receiver in all of college football, numbers-wise, on um, over the weekend. So he is my Mr. Unlimited for this week. That's not a bad pick. I like that. And I, I was one of those people that caught that BYU game. I've actually watched like every BYU game this year. And I'm a BYU fan. BYU I, Homer over here, guys. I, I am. I think this is an amazing team. Uh, I think that Max Wilson, if you're not watching him, that, that is another guy, uh, with all right. due respect to Mac Jones, is somebody that needs to get some serious Heisman uh, consideration. I mean, yeah, he had 400 his... yards, four touchdowns too, right up there with these two guys yeah. we're talking about. And in a year when we're looking, Haley, and the committee is, if we're acting as us, we are the committee, we the Are you about to go there? Are you oh, about, about to go, to go there? there? Okay. What we are looking for is consistency, and we yeah. are looking for statements. And when you look at this BYU team, it's a team that has scored over 40 points in four of their five games. Uh, Max Wilson has over 1,600 yards passing. He's got 12 TDs, one interception. This is a team that knows how to move. They have a fun, high-power offense. And regardless of the schedule, they take care of business. They destroyed Houston in that second half of that football game. And that's a decent Houston team. They were putting up some good points. And then you saw that game just boom, over. 20 points in a flash of an eye. What BYU is, a, is yeah. to you is SMU to me. Oh, I think they're. Di I think we're talking different. I think that's uh, <laughs> with all due respect to my boy, who I love, Shane Bouchel. I love him. Uh, that's featherweight. We're talking about a potential heavyweight in BYU. Oh, that is, that is just my wow, personal opinion. You are really going there with BYU. Oh my gosh, I thought this was like a crush. Oh no, you're no, 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 crush. Invested. I am very invested. Let me tell you something. Wow. Like, okay. When you're, if you're asking yourself, like, if uh, I, I would love to ask, I uh, we don't have this opportunity, but if you ask a Power Five coach, ask a Nick Saban, whose smoke do you want? They're taking SMU. They'll take that action. You don't want that BYU smoke, though. That's weird. Huh. Utah, Mormon, it's interesting. Like, I, you don't want to mess with that. It's just an odd place. And they play really, really good football. I'm not trying to disrespect Mormons. We will, yes. we will see in the weeks to come, especially this weekend. This is likely the only time I'm going to touch on this, but SMU Cincinnati is this weekend. That's going to be SMU's first really big test. They didn't look great, honestly, this past week against Tulane. I think they were definitely looking ahead to this coming week's game. And for what it's worth, Cincinnati's game was postponed this past weekend. So they will not have played in two weeks. So it might be SMU's time to capitalize, and that's really going to be their biggest test of the season. And we, we've seen that. That's kind of going to be the de facto right. American championship game, just looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, UCF – will probably still be in that mix, um, you know, but 
we've seen them falling already, but this is a big mm-hmm. one and it's big for both. The reward is huge. The reward right. is if you can get past that game, the rest of your schedule is manageable to where you could go undefeated. So you right. have an outside shot at the playoffs and you got a great shot at that new year's six bowl. And that's for massive. those, for those that are not keeping track of the AP top 25 at home, Cincinnati, <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati currently sits in the number nine spot, just so you can understand the magnitude of this game. SMU is undefeated. Cincinnati holds that number nine spot. So five and oh, the Mustangs. That's yep. pretty impressive this year. Um, pony up, baby. Pony, pony up. up. Hey, I, I, I'm going for SMU. I hope they, they run the table. I think that would be great. I think that's awesome. <laughs> but if I'm Imagine picking- that for the state of Texas. So what if, how would you feel as a Longhorn fan if it went Texas A&M, SMU to finish out for the best teams in Texas this season? I think, honestly, that might be it right now. If I had to do a Texas power ranking, it would be SMU, and then it would be A&M, and then it'd be Baylor. It'd be every school and organization. <laughs> and then I don't know, honestly, I know the Texans are terrible and the Cowboys are terrible, but I honestly don't know which one of those is worse and then it's the Longhorns. The Longhorns are below. Wait, where do you have where do you have Texas the, Tech? Texas Tech is above. They're fine. Okay. Texas Tech could beat the Cowboys or the or the Texans. Those two teams are trash. And then there's the Longhorns. The Longhorns <laughs> are at the very bottom of the Texas trash pile. Anyone listening, please engage with us on this. I genuinely want to know what are your football programs in the state of Texas power rankings. It's give it, bring them to us. I mean, I think we're right with the top two. I think A and M, SMU, clearly are the two best yep. schools right now. You could maybe throw in a Baylor. Tech isn't. We bad. just don't know what the hell Baylor has. We don't to know be honest. They haven't played enough. I do know what they have. They have the coronavirus. They have too they much do. of it. They need to get rid of that and, and play more football. Um, but uh, but Cowboys and Texans, Longhorns are definitely bottom three. If somebody can At give me least... a better bottom three, I don't know. At least, I know this isn't really our realm for the show, but at least the Texans have a high ceiling, whereas the Cowboys don't. No, the Cowboys so at least and the, the Texans Longhorns, have that going for them. Cowboys and the Longhorns are the exact same thing. Oh, imagine being a fan of both of them, which imagine. a lot of people are. A lot of people in the state of Texas are. Which a lot of them are. A lot of people in the state of Texas, for those that don't know, it's, it's kind of the trifecta. You are Spurs, Cowboys, Longhorns. That is, and that, occasionally that you'll have the Mavericks and Rockets. Like Mavericks those are also Rockets important there, yeah. too. Uh, but yeah, tough times in the state of Texas, pretty much all the way around. <laughs> so them them fighting SMU ponies are leading the way. Um, <laughs> what can we say? It's, it's uh, going to be interesting. But I mean, that's kind of the that's the fun thing about college football is that looking at it where it is right now, right, and, and just seeing um, what we all thought at the beginning of the year and what's kind of played out uh, since then and what we missed, what we uh, got right. And it's surprising to sit here right now, Miss Graves, that the ACC has six teams in the top 25. The SEC only has four. Albeit right. that those four are in the top 10. But we didn't see it play out this way. So as I, I don't think we're totally eating crow with this because I don't think anybody projected the Big 12 to be as bad as it was or Texas and OU right. to be that bad. But if you are a Big 10 Pac-12 fan, it is worth mentioning that you have to be excited now to play because you do have an opportunity now because it is a down year in the SEC, especially the SEC West. We can at least admit that, right. that between A&M and Alabama, there seems to be a massive gap with a whole bunch of, I don't even know what, I don't know who right. LSU is. I don't know who Mississippi state is old miss Auburn. No clue. I don't like them right. hogs. I mean that in that I like them hogs, but I don't right. like them. 
They're dangerous, dangerous. They hogs. are dangerous. They're there's some mean looking hogs this year. It's very, very unusual in that landscape. But going off of your ACC comment, you know, the, that six, that six is a nice number, but they're the, still the quality of the six that is playing outside of Clemson is not exactly the highest looking at you, Notre Dame and UNC. So, yeah, we need to dive into that. I think, you know, this is something that we touched on with UNC is that we were high in this team. We're excited about them. But could they live up to that billing as being a championship contender? Can you play like that every single week? And we talked about it. This is a team last year that was wildly inconsistent. They could run with the big dogs. They tripped with the little ones. And if you were going to trip this year, UNC, when you didn't have Clemson on the schedule in the regular season, you just lost to the worst team in your conference. If it's not, maybe one of the worst teams in the country. In the right country, now. absolutely. In all of college football. That's not a stretch at all to right. say that. That was an unbelievable misstep by like they, a UNC program. For for those of you listening, UNC, yes, you're hearing that right. They Mac Browned. They Hard. lost twenty-eight to thirty-one to an awful Florida State team. Like they made it look like I mean, I was starting to question myself. Has Florida State found their identity? Like, like, are they starting to turn a little bit of a corner? I mean. No, no. This is just <laughs> Mac Brown doing what Mac Brown does. I thought I was in a time machine. I thought it was like the mid, like early uh, mid-90s when Mac was at UNC thinking like, wait, did I go right? jump back? Because well, Mac Brown has never beaten Florida State. He didn't beat him when he was first at North Carolina, and he can't beat him now. And, and the weird thing yeah. is, like, looking at that box score, if you were to look at it not knowing the outcome of the game, not knowing the final score, UNC didn't play bad. That's why it's, it's the most bizarre thing. Like, Sam Howell put up decent numbers. They had a wide receiver and a running back go over 100 yards. Like, they were, again, very balanced, which is what we were talking about last week, that they're looking to be that more balanced and even a run-heavy team. And it was just like, what the hell happened? I'll tell you, I, I, I'm well-versed in this. This is the Mac Brown effect. Uh, I, I know what it's like to uh, have a coach that can get you up for the biggest games in the world, looking at Texas, USC, but then have you fumble against teams that you have no business even bothering with. And that is Texas the Mac Tech. Brown effect. Yes, get you up for the big ones, for the games that you're like, oh, God, who do we play? We have to play Kansas? You struggle. I've seen Vince Young have to run 20 yards to get a first down to beat Kansas. <laughs> this is Mac Brown. This is what happens. Uh-huh. So unfortunately, UNC, listen, the reality is you probably should have never been in the top five. Uh, we overhyped you. The talent is clearly there. Uh, you have the ability right. to contend at the highest level. But just like last year, you have to be consistent to be a champion. And that is why I give Notre Dame. I know a lot of people probably freaking out about that game. I was actually really impressed with Notre Dame. Now, this is a team that still has a lot of issues in the red zone that you have to get points when you get down there. Right. But good teams and good programs know how to win those bad games. Yep. And that was a bad game, but they were able to do it. And I saw a stat the other day that, like – uh, They didn't game, score an offensive touchdown. It's, it, it's insanity. And they, it, Brian Kelly kind of made fun of it. It was like a soccer game. Yeah. Um, they still have the longest win streak in the country, so – Shout out to them for that. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest takeaway right there for me for Notre Dame is that they still know how to win, is that they have enough Mm -hmm. veteran leadership on that team, a great coach, that you got to win those really sloppy ones. So I still think, I mean, uh, that they have a shot against Clemson. But if we're being real right now, Clemson is on God mode. Yeah. (laughs) 
that we're starting to see maybe the makings. 73 points. I like, I actually can't fathom that because even teams like Alabama, if they put up 40 plus points in the first half, they only usually get around 50, you know, maybe 60. If like things happen, like pick sixes, you know, fumbles recovered for touchdown punt returns, things like that, that are kind of uncontrollable controllables, but 73 points when I can't even remember the last time in recent history that a team has put up numbers like that on their opponent. I mean, like I saw that final score and I was like, you've got to be shitting me. It's uh, I've actually, I, I can recall a few, maybe some of our listeners can, can, can think of a few more. I know that Clemson got just boat raced one year. They actually lost by like 70 points. I want to say we'll it was see. West and then we'll obviously A&M, A&M you know, lost, to, <laughs> lost OU. to OU. I saw but Texas, still, but like, but Texas beat Colorado 70 to three in the big 12 championship, which is pretty see, outrageous. But has this been within the past five, 10 years? No. no. And, and this is something like maybe we thought we'd see like uh, inflated scores with COVID and bad defense. But like you said, this was a first house, a uh, first half slaughter yeah it was and then they just they did and I you know what I respect the hell out of it because why let your foot off the pedal why oh no just keep scoring like I respect the hell of it it's kind of like like I don't know if anybody's a a big U.S. women's soccer fan I know I am and I know you are right people were mad at the way that they beat Thailand they put up 15 goals in that game it was like no 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 you belittle your opponent if you try and be soft Yes, like we're here to play big boy football. Like we're gonna play our our brand of football. Trevor's gonna dice. Travis is gonna dice. You guys gotta deal with it. Like that's well, just well. And thing. what was interesting about that game too was it kind of was all Trevor Lawrence. If you take a look at the box <laughs> score, so Travis Travis Etienne was kind of not a non factor in this game. Yeah, he had a touchdown, but eleven carries for forty four yards. Like. That's not great for him, but they really spread the ball around on the ground. So I don't know if that was just, you know, a way to keep Travis fresh moving forward in the season in a game that you didn't really need him. Um, I think that's all it was looking at looking at it that way, because it really was. It was the Trevor Lawrence and Amari Rogers show. And that was it. That, you know, the scary thing to think about for people, because uh, I think it's Clemson has been playing so good that it's right. easy to forget Haley, that probably one of the best wide receivers at that, like right now it's Devontae Smith and it's Jalen Waddle, but yep. everybody forgot Justin Ross, who yep. pound for pound probably could have been the best wide receiver in the country, isn't right. playing right now. Could right. you imagine this Clemson team with, with him. him? And unfortunately, we don't know if he'll ever play again, which is really sad. It is sad. It's sad for him, but I'm, I'm kind of sad, but he's going to go make a gazillion dollars in the NFL because he's just a beast. Uh, right, but absolutely. It's crazy to think that this team isn't even full strength offensively, and they're still putting up that amount of points. Um, so Clemson, Alabama, newsflash, they're really good at football. Uh, I think BYU is going to make it all the way. And uh, That is absurd. <laughs> it's not absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. They're good. Can you imagine how They're mad really Notre good. Dame would be from the p- previous years? <laughs> you that mean to tell me one we year joined that, the conference one- yes. <laughs> and this independent Cougar team makes it to the playoffs? Yes, yes, I can see that. Exactly. Notre Dame fans would be, oh, they would be steaming. Also, well, hey. go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, also, who is not playing as great as Clemson and Alabama, but who is playing pretty darn close, are my fine Texas Aggies. I got to take the opportunity to talk about them right here. I don't know if they're playing pretty close. Can we not say pretty close? And shout out, I'm ignoring you, shout out to (laughs) Kentucky football as well. I'll start with the Wildcats because here's some fun facts about this Kentucky team for those of you that are not versed in Kentucky football because by garn I have not really watched them play at all this season. Going to be completely honest with all you people there. Saw what I needed to see last week against Mississippi State. Their defense though is a force to be reckoned with. Couldn't even tell you really how they're doing on offense because their defense is just shining so bright. They defeated Tennessee on the road for the first time since 1984. Let that one sink in. They play each other every year, and they have not defeated Tennessee on the road since 1984. This was also their largest road victory margin against a ranked opponent in school history. They had two pick sixes for the first time since uh, 2014. That's six years, right? Yep. And they they forced four first-half turnovers for the first time since 2008. And for those of you keeping score at home, They've racked up 10 turnovers in the past two weeks, six last week against Mississippi state. And then four this week against Tennessee, they're looking good. They are looking good. Maybe dark horse material. I could even, I would not be afraid to throw that out there. I think right now you can, because we don't really know what the sec is this year. We know it's very much in flux except for a few teams at the top. Um, Listen with Tennessee and Garantano, I guarantee you, he ain't the answer at quarterback. You like He's that one, not. Tennessee fans? I did. My God. Um, listen, this is the same kid and team that lost to Georgia uh, State last year. Right. Uh, I think they're showing up a little bit uh, in the same fashion. I think what Jeremy Pruitt is doing is okay uh, there as far as a recruiting standpoint, but they just fired one of their coaches this week and that I think is costing them $900,000 midseason. So that, uh, right. that's alarm bell stuff going on right now in right. Knoxville. As you just said, I mean, that, always when has yeah. Knoxville not been a dumpster fire besides remove the last six games of last season and the f- opening game of this year, Aside from that, the past five years at least, they've been a dumpster fire. Well, you know, it's kind of be careful with your uh, wish for stuff. You got rid of Phil, and uh, it hadn't really been the same since, has it? It's just it been a struggle. It has not been the same no. for them. Um, but, you know, Stoops, yeah, the Stoops, Mark Stoops over at Kentucky, the Stoops are like the goddamn Pinkertons. They're all over there. There's too many Stoops. <laughs> uh, but he's been doing a good job with Kentucky. Yep. And so I'm not surprised defensively that they're doing well. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who finishes uh, at the top of the SEC right. this year. I mean, cause and when we're no even going to get to see, I mean, when we're going to get to see Florida play again, because their situation, as we mentioned at the top, who knows when they're going to play. And, but we do know, got to bring it back home here. My Aggies defense is finally looking good. And I'm so damn proud of them. The Aggies D line absolutely ate this weekend. And, you know, I'll give some credit to the linebackers too. Guys. I like I like your linebacker. What's his name? Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson. Yeah, I like, and I how like he a wears Buddy the Johnson. old school. <laughs> yeah, that's my type of guy. Yeah, he, I like him. Overall, A and M has been notoriously bad at stopping the run. If you know anything about Texas Aggie football, you know they can't stop the run. Even yeah. going back to their days in the Big Twelve, couldn't stop the run. But damn it, this past weekend, negative two rushing yards. Negative. Two rushing yards. Put who they, they play this weekend? Mississippi State. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Who? Yes. Okay. <laughs> asterisk and disclaimer that even their best running back, Kylan Hill, who was averaging 100 yards per game, did not play. And Listen, a, I'm give and you a your... freshman and a freshman got baptized real early. But even with that being said, other asterisks. One of A and M's best defensive linemen, Bobby Brown, also did not play. So it could have been worse. But even that, here's a fun nugget for all of our Mike Leach lovers out there. This Mississippi State team put up 219 total yards of offense. Is that the lowest in his career? Second. Good good guess. Second lowest total yardage output in his career. The number one effort was put in by Nebraska 20 years ago. That's unbelievable. That's shocking. That's exactly what I thought of. Like, I've yep. never heard of a Mike Leach team not having right. at least 350 yards. Right. 400 been, at least. Like, it has that's, been 20 years since a Mike Leach wow. offense played as poorly as they did. And you know what? Damn it. I'm going to give credit to that Aggies defense because that's where it's deserved. Listen, I'm not in the year of 2020, I'm not going to take away small victories from anybody. You hold there on we to go. them with dear life. I'll let you have your small little victories. Thank it's you. A, it is one of those things you like to build on it. Like if that is uh, that run defense has shown up for A&M, uh, right. you want to see them build on that going forward because you got a shot to play for something special this year. As and crazy even this, as that is. Even looking, even looking to this weekend, they're playing Arkansas people. Or no, this week's a bye. Their next opponent is Arkansas. And that is going to be – that might be the game of the year in the SEC West. It's going to be a major trap game because it has become just a way of life since A&M joined the SEC, that Texas A&M and Arkansas have a very close, tight game, but A&M pulls it out. Bottom line, excuse me, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, A&M beats Arkansas. We'll get more into it next week for our preview, but that's something to look forward to. And they, Arkansas is rolling, especially with their offensive line, having a head coach that is a notorious, amazing offensive line coach, and they have a great running back in Rakeem Boyd, who ironically started his career at Texas A&M and then took his talents to Arkansas. So... And Felipe that's, Franks, that's he's he's not bad either. So like this team is right. they're cooking a little bit. Right. It's uh you have to be excited if you're an Arkansas fan. Yep. Uh which Blue they pig. are, which they are because that's the only thing they have in that state. Absolutely. Um, that's all. That and COVID. Um <laughs> that but, well, we all have COVID, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, but can we get to a school that has this is fun for everybody. Everybody's having fun and playing football, and then uh, <laughs> the school that I like to root for doesn't. Um Texas is still playing football, I think, this year. I don't know. They had a bye this past week, thank God, so they couldn't they lose. They weren't missed. They weren't missed. Uh, but even though they didn't have a game and didn't lose, they did still lose because they can't get out of their own way. Uh, we won't get into it too much with the eyes of Texas, which was definitely a political uh, uh, talking point this summer with the university with um, its racist tradition and, I guess, well, not tradition, but uh, racist, um, what would I, is the word I'm looking for? It was basically birthed out of that. It was not right. a tradition of seeing the song in a racist fashion. Uh, for most players or, or fans, it's simply just a sign of respect to the team and the university and to the players before and after the game. Uh, but that's been a controversy this year. And then this came down the AP wire that Bevo, the beloved mascot of the University of Texas, is getting sued. I'm not shitting you. A cow is getting sued by a man in 2020 because, of course, it would be. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers a few years ago when Texas actually was playing decent football. They played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. You remember that game, right, Haley? Yep. It was a fun game that started off with the premonition that Texas would beat Georgia, which they did because Bevo ran over poor little Ugga on the sideline. Everybody remembers that. Was that that the game 
turned into the Sam Ellinger meme of the oh, we're, we're back. back. Yep, that was the okay. we're back yep. game. That's that was the, game. the put you know running over the dog game. And I love right. Ida. That was an aggr- that was very aggressive by Bebo. We were disappointed in him, even though <laughs> secretly at the game I'm like we're gonna fucking win because he did that. <laughs> like it's awesome. Uh, but Ugga was fine. Uh, he was not hurt. And this cameraman who is now suing Bebo was one of the people that actually got run over by Bebo. Um, I don't necessarily need to say his name. All you need to know about this guy is that he no longer works for the publication he, he was uh, covering for. Um, during the game, he didn't even ask for medical attention and actually shot the entire game. Uh, but now he is asking between 200000 and $1 million in um, damages that he wow. say are now permanent two years after the fact, which is a little interesting considering the guy uh, has this on his website as I'm the guy that got run over by Bevo and saying this is easily the top story I'll have to tell for the rest of my life. Um, so wow. little, little suspect what there. Call the victory for your name. Talk. Yeah. About, I mean, we said it, we said it, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, deprive anyone of their little victories this year. So no, um, I'm going to say this is complete and utter bullshit, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. I mean, the fact that this man wasn't even hurt at the game, shot during the game, makes right. fun of it. Uh, his Twitter's locked, and uh, you can no longer go see anything he's posted. But now he's asking $1 million from a cow for being a cow. And that's, uh, that's the University of Texas in wow. a nutshell. Just can't get out of their own way. This is a nightmare season for the University of Texas. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, Definitely will not be one to remember. No, it won't be. Unlike this guy who apparently has been telling everybody he got run over by Bevo and they're like, you know, man, you should fucking sue the cow. And he's like, I should sue the cow. Only in America. Only oh, it's in great. America. Well, if it's only in America, like it got me thinking like, if you could go back as a sports fan and sue somebody, what would you <laughs> sue or what game would you sue? Maybe that's something we can throw out to our listeners that could text hmm. us about. Like if you, I'm sure if you're in the state of Georgia, there's definitely things you would want to sue. To like get back something. Saints fans over the Rams PI call and back in 2018. Saints fans would probably be at the at the courthouse front and center. With they like did. What are we talking about? They did sue. They did sue. They did sue. What are we talking about? They absolutely did sue. Oh my god! The, the Saints can sue for basically they everything did file, that's happened to them. Saints fans filed a civil lawsuit. They absolutely I, did. What are we I talking about? I think if uh, if you're uh, Miami fans, you could sue for the pass interference call, Ohio State, and the Fiesta Bowl back in the national championship. Nebraska fans could sue Texas for Mac Brown putting one second back on the clock, which was totally warranted. That had been thrown out in court, but still, uh, I thought that was a fun story for all of us to partake in. Just shitting on Texas fans. I love how this show's going this year. A&M's doing so well, and my team is not. What can you say? I love it. I love it. It's just so much fun. Also, I live in a shack on top of all of that. Living on a shack. My cow got sued. My team can't win. And A&M is crushing it right now. But that's college football for you. But you know what, guys? You'll have an Aggie break because, like I said, this is their bye week. But who does not have a bye week is the Big Ten. That's right. Yeah. Coming back full circle here, guys. Reminder, we're going to do a full preview show. But to talk about this weekend's slate of games, we got to talk about them because they're kind of realistically the biggest story of the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, this past week was all about Georgia and Alabama and who really is the king in the SEC. We have a very clear, definitive answer that is the same answer. 
and Bama. But looking ahead, we kind of teased this at the beginning of the show, big action in the American Conference. And don't everybody don't poo-poo that because that really could be a player uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, you talked about it, Haley, Cincy and SMU going at each other. Uh, college game day is going to be Michigan and Minnesota to start up action oh, in the Big Ten. Can't wait to watch yep. that damn game. Um, you have Bama taking on Tennessee, which we know Tennessee is definitely sliding down. However, yeah, if you're not, Bama, that's not going to be pretty. It's yeah, you want to continue to build. You know that Saban wasn't happy with that first half performance. He doesn't want to be down against anybody at right. half. Right. So that's I, not great. I pray for Knoxville. It's going to be a bloodbath. Um, and then a massive battle in the Big Twelve. Remember, they still play football. Um, do. Iowa State, who's on a bit of a hot streak right now, taking on yeah. Oklahoma State, who is quietly the number six team in the nation right now. Quietly because they've had all their games postponed. <laughs> yeah. They haven't played football either. They haven't played football Just in like saying. two weeks. It's ridiculous. You know what? Come on, Cyclones. I believe in you. I'm going to root for you this year. You're my Big 12 pick. Well, on it. it. It's funny because we, we talked about how, I mean, without question, the Big 12 is down. The Big 12 is probably the worst it's been in 20-plus years. Right. Uh, but Iowa State, even though they lost to Louisiana to start the season, they've been doing work since then. And they've looked like that team, that darling, that everybody yeah. had picked for them to be the Big 12 champions. And they can definitely make a statement here by beating Oklahoma State. However, if they do right. beat Oklahoma State, without a doubt, the Big 12's chances of making it to the playoffs are officially dead. For our listeners at home, where's this game being played? This game is being played at Oklahoma State. Mm. Mm. Even bigger test, Iowa State. I believe in you. I believe. And then, I mean, you also got, for those that are that care, Oklahoma and TCU play this weekend. That for those be, of you that do care, yes. That could be an interesting game. It could be fun. It could be fun. I'm going to see Spencer Rattler continue to, uh, to, to, to dice, and Max Dugan's going to do his thing. Right. Um, Dugan. I hate Dugan. that name for a quarterback. Hate it hey, so much. He's been he making is big Dugan plays. his thing. He's Dugan his thing. <laughs> God, we got to get off this show. Yeah, we this do. And terrible. for those of you also, any Badger fans out there, just a reminder, you play Friday night. So we actually get Big Ten football on Friday. Which is exciting. And then uh, Clemson-Syracuse, just throwing that in there, is the one team. That game does always get dicey for whatever reason. Whatever reason. There's voodoo around it. Clemson only loses to two teams, Alabama and Syracuse. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but that is the only teams that can really challenge them. This is this is true. It's the Syracuse voodoo. That's what we'll call it. I don't know what it is. It's they got something cooking up there. So um, I'm excited to get into our Big Ten preview uh, this yep. week and uh, see what we got cooking this weekend. But everybody's back, and uh, next week we'll probably do like midseason awards and stuff like yep. that. Uh, yep, yep, yep. But so any Big Ten fans would love to hear your thoughts on who's going to be good, who's going to be, who isn't going to be great this year. Uh, even come at me with your predictions on if the season's actually going to happen. I'm going to be here for all of it because even though I don't think you're going to finish your season, I will still do this preview with Mr. Tyler Coe. Again, recording tomorrow, that will drop on Thursday. That's right. Um, but before we get out of here, throw out socials. Oh, yeah. You can come and follow me on Twitter. Haley one graves two and on Instagram Haley graves two s's that's h a l e y g r a v e s s. 
And I'm Tyler Coe, the Tyler Coe. Follow me on whatever. I ain't really tweeting right now because my team sucks, but I might be tweeting about Nebraska getting their ass kicked by Ohio State this weekend. Didn't forget Husker fans. It's got to be so much fun. Oh, I can't wait. All oh, right. look, Tyler has life in him. That's a game oh, for him to get excited about. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm rooting for Aggies, BYU, and Ohio State. What is my Who life come to? I, don't, I have no idea. We'll figure it out on the next this episode. This is 2020. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.